Hey, this is the Hard Truth. Tony Shaver, powered by Six Hour Never Settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. I recommend you also carry the best. Best of Six Hour Never Settle. And, and by the way, they are really innovating. And I do suggest you take a hard look at their line of firearms and what they produce for individuals to be prepared to defend themselves and we are on the america out loud talk radio network also available on the america out loud podcast network check us out project sentinel project sentinel.com.net and we are on all the social media in the world facebook uh formerly twitter now x youtube rumble etc and so today we're joined by my good friend and uh I, Jerry, you're like a mentor to me. My friend, Dr. Jerome Corsi. Jerry Corsi is joining us today for a discussion on uh, Marxism and uh, the Biden White House. But I repeat myself, right? I mean, I, I, I you know, so. Right. So Jerry, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Hard Truth. Uh, thanks, Tony. Great to be back with you. Thank you. So I'd like to start off with uh, old uh, Smoke and Joe, Joe Biden. And uh, yesterday, at the time we're, we're, we're taping this, yesterday there was a, a significant event on Capitol Hill where uh, Hunter Biden shows up to grandstand to say, hey, I'm here to comply with the, the subpoena, but I don't want to actually have to do anything that would require me to comply with the subpoena. To, to me, it was like, really? I mean, you, you are this, the president's son. You're only adding and illustrating the fact that the Bidens are a criminal enterprise and his very actions illustrate the fact that ah, he doesn't he doesn't worry about consequences because his old dad and and Merrick Garland, yeah, they're 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 uh, they're party members first and American second. So what do you make of the Hunter Biden uh, charade? Just yesterday? well, he um, stood outside the Capitol and gave a press conference rather than. Yeah. And so. That's what, you know, Peter Navarro got arrested right. by the put in handcuffs with the FBI for not complying with the subpoena to Congress. Right. But of course, Hunter Biden gets a press conference and AOC comes out and says that, see, he complied. Well, he didn't comply. And there's going to be no consequences because we have um, a double standard of justice in the country, which is obvious. We have uh, the Bidens and the Hil Hillary Clintons. They can Hillary can run. Uh, the Clinton Foundation, through her private email server, was she's Secretary of State, making sure every crooked oligarch on the face of the earth contributes to the Clinton Foundation in order to get policy decisions made in their favor. And Joe Biden can go and I have all kinds of corruption from Ukraine, China, even some from Russia. Uh, and his son gets all this huge millions of dollars for doing nothing but influence peddling. And while he's doing, of course, crack cocaine and and yep. exploiting himself with babes all over the place. And uh, again, the Justice Department does nothing. And the what they both have in common is that Obama let them do it without any repercussions. So, again, we've become a banana republic, a lawless country in which the Department of Justice takes a knee to Black Lives Matter, despite their Maoist nature. Yeah, so. You know, it's a, it's a sad a sad day. The country has come to this, quite frankly. So, is does um, does the Democrat uh, progressive wing of the Democrats require that someone actually be an expert in the use of blow and hose hose 
to be a, a, a banner member of the, of the <laughs> left these days? Is that a requirement? Because it seems that way. Just, well, you know, because I saw Eric Swalwell standing right next to Hunter there on the Hill yesterday, who, by all accounts of people I talked to, had a, uh, a more than casual set of contacts with a Chinese spy who was, you know, I think her name was Fang Fang. I can only imagine the <laughs> pillow talk when that was going on. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the Democratic Party has become a communist party. It, it's a neo-Marxist party or, yeah. uh, or a cultural Maoist party, cultural revolution Maoist party. The progressive wing of the Democratic Party has nothing in real, to do with the traditional liberals that were the Democrats. Uh, they did believe in the Constitution. They wanted to help people who were disadvantaged. These people want to destroy America as an evil capitalist country because they think they can create a Marxist or, or cultural Maoist paradise afterwards. They have a whole different set of ideas in their heads. Right. And um, the we're in a the Democratic Party has become a revolutionary uh, neo-Marxist party. Yeah. And they are intending to set out to destroy the United States and destroy the middle class. And they're doing a very good job of it. And our no. institutions have been corrupted. And the Department of Justice and the CIA and the NSA and all the rest of them are operating completely rogue outside the law. And they don't care. Yeah, no, one of my uh, dear friends, uh, Brigadier General Blaine Holt, he and I are on Newsmax together. Blaine is working on a piece right now that examines in detail the Marxism now contained within the Pentagon, which, I mean, I, we could, I, I don't want to blow uh, past that issue. I think it's something we should cover, but I want Blaine, I want to wait till Blaine gets that done so we can do it. But your point, Jerry, and I agree with it, is that pretty much any institution that has any ability to administratively or legally oversee the activities within the United States, that is commerce, uh, economic development, uh, energy, uh, education. These institutions are all now essentially uh, captured in, 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 in lockstep with the basic concepts of Marxism. Would that be a, is that too strong a statement? No, I think it's, I think it's actually accurate. That's the problem is that uh, these liberal universities are churning out uh, students who are not educated, mm -hmm. do not have fundamental skills, let alone any deep knowledge. Uh, and yet are radicalized into social justice theory, which is a neo-Marxist theory. And they're, they're conducting a cultural revolution. If you don't believe in them, they scream at you. And it, you can't be on a university campus these days unless you belong to this cult. Right. And, and the institutions of the government, you know, are not only left, I think the U.S. military, which began getting rid of generals who knew what the, who believed that the army was for defending the nation and had to be involved in fighting, perhaps. Uh, they, we, we could now have the military, Pentagon probably do better running a transgender parade down Fifth Avenue than they would be fighting a foreign war. Look at yeah. all the military equipment we left in Afghanistan. I mean, fourth, you know, fourth largest military on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the, the departure from traditional values is intentional. Uh, because going back into the early 20s, communists realized that you had to destroy the culture in order to destroy capitalism. And they hate yeah. capitalism because it's productive and it does not allow an oligarchy, a small group of people, to control, control all the wealth. And it's fundamentally a lie that promises utopia and delivers slavery. 
but it's seductive and it gets people to walk themselves into slavery rather willingly. And then before they know it, they are like AOC and they're screaming at anybody who disagrees with them and supporting Hamas rather than Israel, because since they believe we are an evil country, we were founded by slave owners and they don't, the civil war and the end, you know, the end of the civil war when slaves were freed, none of that means anything to them because they, they don't really have a legitimate or true or fact-based world in which they live nor do they think it's important to live in a fact-based world. They are living in a fantasy world that's ideologically driven largely by hatred. Yeah. Well, on that point, I live in North Carolina and I'm always fascinated. Um, and I'm running for office down here for County commissioner and I'm getting around on the political circuit. It's interesting, Jerry, being, uh, on the path of, of having to campaign. Uh, right. I actually did a, a Reagan-esque speech a few days ago, and I'm a big Reagan guy. You know that. We've talked about this oh, on yes. and off air. Sure. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm still friends with Ed Meese, and I was uh, mm-hmm. mentored by Bud McFarland before he passed. And um, I, I'm always fascinated when I show up at meetings and the left is upset because, um, well, you know, we're the party that's pro-slavery. It's like, really? I'm pretty sure we fought a civil war. The fundamental purpose of the Republican Party was uh, anti-slavery. As I recall, we left the Whigs and became the Republican Party. Uh, correct my, my my work here, Jerry, if you want, if I'm not correct, but Lincoln actually did decide, despite yeah. even some of his own party, that, yeah, we're going to free uh, the black men. We're going we're going to do it. The Emancipation Proclamation was a, a tool to actually make life more difficult for the South, no doubt. That was only for the Southern states, but he followed through. And ultimately, the Republican Party did win the war because the Northern Democrats tried to stop it any number of times to help the Southern Democrats. And it's interesting now that all this time later, supposedly, oh, that that wasn't it. As, as a matter of fact, uh, Brandon Johnson, the, layer, the, the mayor of, of uh, Chicago, actually said it was the Republicans who, who created conditions for slavery, not, not the other way around. How, how is it nobody checks these people when they say this stuff? Well, they don't know history. Uh, the Civil War was fought over or states' rights that whether the states had the right. right. Okay, but by the end of the war, especially after uh, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, when he, you know, began reading the Declaration of Independence into the Constitution that all men are created equal, uh, was a fundamental transformation. Gary Wills has written a very brilliant book on that uh, years ago. And by the end of the war, which you, if you watch the Spielberg movie on Lincoln, which you don't realize is that all of the congressmen who are trying to prevent the 13th Amendment, the 14th Amendment, all of these uh, amendments that would give freedom to black slaves were Democrats. That's right. not told to you in the movie. There's the Democrats who opposed all of the Reformation. The Democrats controlled the South at that time. And the revolution was largely started by Democratic slaveholders. Right. The Republicans were the, the party that was in favor of emancipation. And that's not told to people today because they want to uh, adore the Democratic Party because it's become neo-Marxist. And truth and history don't not only don't count to Marxists, they have to be destroyed in order to have Marxism. And no. we are actively in that process of destruction. It's, it's a destructive movement that cannot create, and history will show that 
communism, wherever it succeeded, has killed millions of people. And it will well, do so is, again. This becomes very Orwellian in many ways. And I think Orwell wrote uh, his book, 1984, as a warning. But I, I, I do want to point out another point of history that has been badly mauled, and I find it over and over again down here in the South. So uh, the man who actually ended, uh, in my judgment, discrimination, uh, segregation, was uh, Eisenhower, not Johnson. Because there's something called the Civil Rights Act of 1957, which is completely ignored by the left, because pretty much everything except for a handful of small edits was what was adapted by Johnson in 1960. Is, am I correct on that? Is yes, you're correct. I, they dem, the Democrats through, uh, people don't remember, but in 1948, the Democratic Party, the Dixiecrats, uh, left by, um, led by, what's his name, uh, Strom Thurmond. They walked out of the Democratic Convention over uh, a issue of giving rights to to Black Americans. They were segregationists, right? And they they did not like that Truman was beginning to integrate the military. That Truman was taking steps to, uh, in a very moderate way, end segregation. The first time I came into Washington uh, was under um, Democratic rule. I was just a kid. And what, what astounded me in a national airport was that the, the blacks were serving the food in the restaurants and the whites were running the cashier counters. And it was clear the hierarchy. I had never really seen segregation before. Yeah. Uh, and so it was shocking to me as a child. At any rate, the, the, the real movement, Eisenhower was strongly in favor of civil rights laws, and the Democrats opposed it. Right. Uh, Johnson, in fact, Jack Kennedy was relatively lukewarm initially upon Martin Luther King. He, from time to time, considered him an extortionist because he would shut down cities in order to get civil rights, the, the lunch counter sit-ins, the, uh, the various protests in the South at that time. But uh, Bobby Kennedy brought Jack around to realize that there was a a, a higher purpose here. And by the time Jack Kennedy was assassinated, he had completely reversed his opinions and was really very much leading uh, legislation that would have effectively established much more civil rights, which at that time meant uh, have race not be the dividing issue, be not race conscious. Lyndon Johnson came in and he started passing uh, bills like the Aid for the Family of Dependent Children and Pat Moynihan, who at that time was an advisor to Johnson, said this will break up the black family. Well, and Johnson said, and blacks will vote for us for 100 years after we pass these laws and give them money. And yep. so, in fact, they were destructive of the black family. They destruct, they destroy the black church. And the advanced socialism, which Johnson began to introduce, has only accelerated with the Democratic Party to the point today where they are openly neo-Marxist and cultural Maoist. They don't make, they don't even try to hide it anymore. And that evolution has taken place over the last 50 or so, 60 years. But the point you're making that the country doesn't understand is that the GOP, especially at the time of the Civil War, was the party of abolition. Right. And it was not the Democratic Party. They were not a progressive party at that time. And Absolutely not. Right. They, they, were, they were not. They were so, not in this. So our history 
in this this whole movement we've got now of critical race theory is a yes, that's where I was going with this upside down history. They turn it on its head. And uh, Howard Zinn started this by writing a communist history of the United States and portraying us as a colonialist, imperialist country. And uh, we were anything but that. Jack Kennedy in 1950 had visited Vietnam. He saw the corruption. He was he was beginning to pull out the military advisors. He had military. He had national security memorandum written when he was assassinated. The Johnson reversed in the first hours of his presidency. Right. to go into Vietnam. Kennedy was not going to go into Vietnam. He considered that we did not need to replace the French as colonialists. Probably the best speeches Jack Kennedy gave as a senator were opposing France over the colonialization, which was continuing in Algeria, and he wanted that ended. Right. So, uh, And again, the whole idea of viewing Trump as you know this evil figure is a demonization so that now the democratic party does has no objection to having i don't know how many indictments trump has but it's we're now indicting a former president while the sitting president who's engaging in obvious corruption and obvious criminal corruption the evidence there is overwhelming you know the evidence is not yet proof we'd have to have a trial we'd have to have this right. go through but it is strong evidence and, uh, and it's being ignored by the Justice Department. And again, we are not on a truth-based uh, foundation right now. We are on an ideologically driven foundation. It's very dangerous. So I want to walk through the entire underpinnings of, of uh, critical race theory and how we got here, because, the, Jerry, you have an extensive background and, and study of this, and I want to do that. But I want to mention one other name up from the past to get people to pay attention. And that is Woodrow Wilson. President Wilson is credited as being a, uh, a guy who did a lot of things, supposedly for the better. I don't believe for the better, but I, I'm just saying that he is a hero of the left. He was the guy that actually instituted some of the strongest discrimination within the military. He actually segre resegregated the military during his time and actually set up the path for a segregated federal government, which resulted in all of that permeating society. He set up the Federal Reserve. I think that's been anathema to, to commerce and the American people. The idea that you have a bank that will basically loan you indefinite amounts of money with uh, no interest in actually understanding the, the harmful effects of uh, detaching uh, appropriations from uh, congressional spending. All these things were done under Wilson, yet somehow, Jerry, he's a good guy. How is that possible? Well, uh, people don't realize that Wilson, when he was at Princeton as a professor, was a Hegelian. He was actually studied right. Hegel and greatly admired Hegel. Hegel, of course, is the precursor to Karl Marx with the uh, dialectic being the engine that drives history. Uh, and Hegel was very influential. Uh, you know, F F FDR was not nearly as destructive in some ways as Wilson, because Wilson did create the, the Federal Reserve. He did move to segregate the army. He also established the bureaucracy. He was Weberian. He believed in Max Weber, who said, you know, strong bureaucracy will operate according to moral principles. Hegel was, this was a Hegelian idea. So it was like it has, a deep state's birth. Yeah, it, this is where a lot of it started. And it was on the idea that the bureaucrats would, uh, would adjudicate according to higher principles of justice and fairness. But they had never really met a bureaucrat to realize that bureaucrats 
enact their personal whims and desires and ideologies on everybody else without enacting laws. The I don't know how big the Federal Register is today, but you know the our the, our legislation occurs in the Federal Registry, not in Congress. Right. So we've gone through and I think laid out some breadcrumbs. And the reason I, I did include um, historic examples is that um, we see, based on the way that modern Democrats function, is a constant rewriting of history. And I brought up I brought up uh, Orwell earlier. And I'm a big fan of that, not for the uh, for the wrong reasons. I just recognize that the left has used his his book as a playbook, uh, as a how-to manual rather than a a, a dystopian warning. But the future speak uh, we're talking about here, especially the the left will rewrite history, will remove our heroes and say that they were uh, opposite, acted opposite of what they did, and otherwise they'll memory hole things. They'll basically remove it from history if it's inconvenient to their narrative. And this is all because they've become uh, essentially uh, purveyors of critical race theory, which is essentially a a construct of everything we've just been talking about. All these things that the left does, the things that Wilson did to start putting this stuff in motion, is all being uh, very effectively expressed by the current set of Marxists, can I say that, of uh, of Obama and Biden and the the current stuff they're doing in real time. Well, the... the whole construct of this involves a war against God. You've got to remove right. God. You've got to destroy the family. Uh, these are fundamental principles of what the communists are as a destructive agenda, know and understand and implement. The What you've got now is a combination. I mean, the original Marxist theory did not work. It failed because workers did not revolt against capital in the 1840s as, as Marx thought they would. We had labor unions that that we didn't get a labor uh, revolution to end capitalism. We got labor unions. We got the middle class created. Uh, and this they hated. So with Gramsci, who was an Italian communist between wars in prison, wrote notebooks. And he said, we've got to destroy the culture of capitalism. And then through the evolution of that, that became a very, that idea caught on. And then the Frankfurt School was a group of uh, communists from Nazi Germany, many of them Jewish, came to the United States and began to write books. Marcuse was extremely prolific in the 1960s. And uh, Marcuse's innovation was to blend Freud with Marx. Mm-hmm. So he said that the truly liberating force that you know, Marx wrote a book called Civilization and Its Discontent and said religion and all these repressions are imposed on us by civilization in order for us to work. You know, like by Rousseau said, we were born free, but everywhere we're in chains. And they said, we, we want to release these chains. So we've got to re- release the libidinal energy. And Marcuse said that the liberating force would be this uninhibited and uh, completely abandoned into sex. So you begin to get the 1960s sex, drugs, and rock and roll, which combined revolution with cultural um, changes, family not being considered to be primary, right? Uh, the raising of children, not the primary purpose of sex. And you have the drugs and the indulgence in just simply pleasures and utilizing sex uh, in, in all kinds of ways. And this sets up the stage to be combined with postmodernism, 
yeah. where you've got thinkers like Leotard or Baudrillard who says there is no there's no objective reality. It's only mm -hmm. what, and so therefore, whatever sex you think you are, it's not you know we have to take these dualities of man woman and we have to blur the lines to say that's biological sex, but that's not gender. Yeah. And gender is how you act in sex, and you could have any variation you want, ultimately celebrating uh, the uh, transgender, which is a combination typically of you know uh, someone with male genitals uh, forming their body as a woman and dressing as a woman in order to have this sexual confusion. But we're supposed to celebrate this when it's, yeah. in fact, a unity of opposites. It's androgynous. And uh, what you get is a schizophrenia, where the ultimate uh, expression of what critical theory is about becomes Bathomet, which is this uh, image of Satan, which is the head of a goat, and the you know part of the body is female and part of the body is male, and it's uh, got serpent's feet. It's got it's a combination beast, human being, combination male female absurdity. And so that, you're talking about you're talking about John Kirby. No, I'm, I'm talking sorry, about. I shouldn't say. That. I should talk about the devil as Bathomet in the. Well, maybe John Kirby. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't know. I've not seen him naked. Uh, I, just I for hope, the record, I have not seen John Kirby naked. I don't I, know if he looks like whatever Jerry. And I hope about. never. And I hope never to see him naked. I hope never to. So Jerry, we're, we're going to have to wrap it up here. For we're going to have to go to the second part of the show. But one thing I want to note real quick as we go through this and talk about the the, the sublime and and the the whole issue regarding transgender in the military. So I think we could safely say, as a summary, the introduction of transgenderism is not about uh, being nice. It's not about trying to recognize people who are simply uh, confused about their gender. This is Marxism, because what happens when you put someone in the military, they're disruptive. Uh, they disrupt the normal flow of good, of good order and discipline, which is a major component of being an effective military. You have to have good order and discipline. Those are key components. So you erase that. Then you have the issue of of the drama of the person then having to go through quote unquote transition. And this means operations. This means drugs. This means mental and physical instability. And by the way, the moment you start down this process, you can't be deployed. You can't actually do the job of being a member of the military. So all in all, every aspect of transgenderism being introduced in the military has nothing to do with the military or being effective as a, as a military force, right? It, it is intended to destroy the military, and it does yeah. so effectively. And that's, uh, that's you know, the book, it's a transition. So yeah. you've got neo-Marxism in which you go to destroy the culture, becomes cultural Maoism. You run your little red books and insist that everybody agree with you that uh, that carbon dioxide causes global warming. Which yeah, is, we talk about that a lot. Yeah. And then you end up with anarchy. You end yeah. up with complete anarchy, and that's what they want. And their ultimate goal is depopulation. They right. want an oligarch, which is them, to control the wealth and everybody else's slaves, and they want us to walk willingly into slavery. They want us to celebrate these bizarre behaviors, so we have to celebrate. It's not enough to accept them. We have to celebrate transgender. We have to confess our white uh, super supremacy. We have to confess our sins and attend gay parades and let the uh, transvestite story hour go forward. Yep. And this is just, you know, you're letting the schizophrenic inmates run the institution. And as such, right. you get anarchy, and that's the goal. That's so what the intended plan today. is. Right. And so we're talking today essentially about your new book, The Truth. What does that come, do to come out? 
Oh, it's out now. It just came out. It? Uh, okay, well, we'll, it's a we'll second talk more about a, that. Second in a trilogy, and I'm going to start writing the third one next year. Great. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about the truth, the truth, both the truth and the book, the truth. And part two of The Hard Truth, which we'll be right back with in a moment. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Hey, this is the Hard Truth Tony Schaefer, part two. Powered by Sig Sauer, still, never settled. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. I still carry the best. The best is Sig Sauer, never settle. I suggest you too carry the best. We're on America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also on their podcast. Check us out at projectcentral.com.net and also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, etc. And of course, I want to do a shout out to our uh, dear friend, Kareem uh, Kareem, who does our uh, theme and bumper music. Uh, check her out at uh, chainsawchick.com. 
if you want to be cut up into pieces, you'll cut you up in a good way. You know, I mean, she'll cut wood. Well, that sounds bad, too. But anyway, don't worry about it. Just go check her out. So we're back with uh, Dr. J- Jerry Corsi, Jerome Corsi. Jerry, uh, thank you for being with us. I appreciate um, the dialogue we've had regarding uh, laying things out at, a, at, I think, an understandable level. And it's covered in your book, The Truth. Uh, obviously, it's great because we're on my program, The Hard Truth. So there's compatibility, I would say, right? Yep, that's the new book, Truth About Neo-Marxism, Cultural Maoism, and Anarchy. It's the second book in a um, trilogy. First one was the truth about energy, global warming, and climate change. And the third one will be, which I'm going to start writing pretty soon here, 2024, truth about transhumanism, uh, artificial intelligence, and perpetual life extension, which is their ultimate goals of this oligarchy that's in charge. Well, I would argue, that, I don't know if you're going to cover the Malthusian concepts of, of the abuse of statistics, which I think came up in the... 19th century, where the British Empire was able to figure out how to use mathematics uh, to justify their more horrific policies. Is that going to be something you cover in that? Or, or? I, I covered that pretty thoroughly in the first book when I Did you? went. Okay. Yeah, I went through the um, evolution of the of climate theory, which started out in the 1950s with people like Harrison Brown, who was a scientist working on the Manhattan Project. He was writing books subsequently about that the Earth has too many people. We're going to use up all the resources. We need global government. We have to have abortion. We have to have you know, government limits on who's permitted to have children and how many. I mean, it was really. And so then you get uh, the evolution into the depopulation movement. You got, you know, uh, Paul Ehrlich was writing Population Bomb in 1968. And John Holdren comes on and says, why don't we really scare them? Uh, we use hydrocarbon fuels. We'll emit carbon dioxide. That's industrial revolution. Since the industrial revolution, the earth has been heating up. We have global warming. We're all going to die. Now we've got an existential threat. Yeah. But the, the theme was always to destroy capitalism. Because we have to use stop using hydrocarbon fuels. You can't have a modern industrial state. You can't have a modern industrial state if you can't have you know nitrogen fertilizers. Billions of people are going to die. Right. And that was the goal. The goal was too many people, so we've got to make the standard of living reduced. And the best way to do that is to scare people about using hydrocarbon fuels and carbon dioxide, which is a trace molecule in the environment. Not that. Oh, I know. I I lecture on this all the time now, but one right. of my, I, I don't want to. I want to divert just a brief moment here because you know Chris Cordani, Chris and I are sci-fi folks. By the way, we're we're joined here. I forgot to mention uh, by the <laughs> uh, the irreplaceable Elizabeth Breckenkamp and the the uh, the ever uh, uh, stellar as well as galactic Chris Cordani. So speaking well, of galactic, yeah, tell, you're so galactic. Of, uh, yeah, am galactic. I, am I the galactic space lord? That uh, the, the elusive galactic space lord? That uh, that's where I'm going. To talk that's about where I'm here. going with this. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, um, you you you're like a lyric out of a a, a Beastie Boys song at this point. So you know. <laughs> oh. So any, anyway, Zenu. My point. I'm trying to get to. If you give me the time that's here, right. is Remember the series or the, 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 I guess the Douglas Adam book, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe. Remember that, Chris? Oh, uh, yes. Good old number so 42. There a, yes. There is a thing in that, Jerry. I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up is that, that one of the subplots was the, at some planet figured out a way to create a crisis. And instead of actually dealing with the crisis, they convinced all the middlemen to hop on a spaceship and fly off into the, into the, into the universe. 
And it was the funniest thing because it was like they, they couldn't figure out. It's like, oh, it was a crisis, but we don't remember what the crisis was. But we're all the middlemen. And it was like the best way to get rid of these people who have all these uh, wackadoodle theories is put them on a spaceship and put them off into the universe. So, yeah, because I think they're doing immense damage by the stupidity of what they're doing at this point. Well, they are. And uh, the this critical race theory left. The, the other idea, like from that book of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, was the the restaurant at the end of the world. And we could also send them there. <laughs> well, they, they deserve that. Uh, but no, the point is, it, these are uh, we're going to look back at this time, provided these people don't cause nuclear war, and they're capable of it. They are destructive. Right. Okay, we've got more war going on now with the Ukraine, which is a completely unnecessary war. Hillary Clinton started taking graft from Pinochet, who was a uh, Ukrainian oligarch, while she had was Secretary of State 2012-13, and she had a private email server so she could continue to run the Clinton Foundation and have the <laughs> oligarchs of the world pay the Clinton Foundation, and then she would enact policy decisions. And she got that, you know, that goodie from Obama, who granted an equal goodie to Biden, why don't you go off and sell America to Ukraine and to China and to any other oligarch anywhere in the world who will buy it? Nothing will happen to you or nothing will happen to Hillary. You know, you'll both be president or run for president. And uh, this is a destructive. We have people who are, you know, I said when I wrote the Obama Nation in 2008 that Obama was a trained Marxist from Frank Marshall Davis Mm -hmm. uh, who went from Chicago, where he was a journalist, to Hawaii as a communist and started writing in Hawaii. And he was close to Obama's grandparents who raised them. And I've been convinced since 2008, they were all CIA connected. And they were also all connected with trying in Hawaii, going back into the 40s and 50s, to turn Hawaii into a communist country at that time. Communist nation was a territory of the U.S. at that time. Uh, in order to, because it was multicultural, multiracial, it was their perfect environment, and they wanted it to go communist, socialist. And so people like Frank Marshall Davis were sent out there to try to achieve that goal. And Obama was trained that way. And, uh, you know, you get the enemies of my enemies uh, combining, so therefore Obama proclaimed his Muslim faith when he went to Cairo in 2009 and gave that speech about experiencing Islam on three continents, and you have an increasing merger of the radical critical theory Marxist left supporting Hamas on university campuses for the same reason. You know, the identification between radical Islam and Marxism, they come together and did an Ayatollah Khomeini because they both hate America. And it's the first generation that we've raised in America that hates America. And they hate America because they have not been educated, intentionally not educated in American values or history. Well, there's been, uh, you had some concepts and ideas because I think the history and then the religious aspects of this all link together. So do you want to take a shot at that? There are so many things, you know, talk about history. People in my own family, I know we've talked about this before, but I'm the youngest of four. And it seems like my other siblings they they're they all vote democrat they all vote liberal i don't get it and it's and, and they paid all this money for this formal education it's like so you don't even know the history of our own country but i do like to point out 
who created the KKK? It was the Democrats, not Republicans. <laughs> right. Who created the Planned Parenthood? Uh, and they intentionally built almost all of their clinics in poor African-American communities. Right. Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger. She is a very devout Democrat. And she was a supporter of the KKK. She went Hillary's to KKK hero. meetings. Hillary, yeah, Hillary loves racist. her. She hated Blacks. The whole reason for her creating Planned Parenthood was to get rid of what she considered the the lesser the lesser human beings. Um, let's see who pushed in 1962. They voted to remove prayer from the public schools. That was the Democrats. Oh my gosh, what else? Who passed the legislation in actually it was 1933-34? Um, designed it was a federal government program designed to increase and segregate African Americans. Um, it was all about the housing, you know, the um, the the housing problems. It was Democrats. I mean, I don't understand why people still think that the Democrats are here. Like when Hillary Clinton says, I'm here for women and children. We care. And that's another good thing to look at. The Clinton Foundation, they they give their money. They give a small portion of their money to like one particular school. I believe it was a school in Haiti. So that can officially be on their website. But then the rest of it, they funnel it to someone else, but then they funnel it back to themselves. And they just yeah. don't, they don't say that. But yeah, I think the biggest problem is the schools, the kids, my niece and her husband, they're in their forties now. They have kids. 16, 14, and 12. I guarantee if you ask them about who's Marx, do you know anything about World War One, World War Two? They don't know. They don't have a clue. And it's it's sad. And it's it, <laughs> it it's like we need to get more kids to really read history books. The history books that were probably published before 1965, the ones that didn't have all the important stuff removed. And then like here in Richmond, on Monument Avenue, there's a reason why we call it Monument Avenue. We had the monuments of Grant, um, Thomas Jefferson. We had a lot of uh, monuments from um, the Civil War. And it's, it's not saying that we revere them and think they're wonderful people. It's just part of history. But no, it was right. like during the riots and uh, the George Floyd rights and um our lame can i say ass our lame ass governor mm. um wouldn't do it he wouldn't do anything to go out there and to stop the fires he just let him do it and so people living in richmond city were absolutely terrified to leave their homes and yeah and they tore down they defamed the monuments they took them down even though we protested and because some so many people falsely believe well you have a statue of uh, say Thomas Jefferson, you know, he had a slave, he had children with his slave. So we shouldn't honor him. It's like, it's not so much honoring. You have to remember the history and talking about it all goes back to Marxism. If you yep. can remove the history, remove all remnants from history, then the people in power get to control and manipulate what kids are being taught in schools. So then when they're old enough to vote, they will vote for them because right. it's all about power. Well, Jerry, how about that, that point that Elizabeth makes about the whole revision? And I try to make that in, in the beginning of the show, too, about the revisionist history, how the political it's left often will try to, to yeah, erase. I, I, I live here in Edenton, North Carolina. They have a statue uh, in, in, honoring the, the Confederate dead. That's all it says, honoring our, our fallen, our dead. And it's, inconvenient it's not a tribute, not a tribute to slavery. It's, it's a tribute to the fact that there was a war and people died. And I've said in an editorial, it's like, yeah, I don't think you have the right to erase your history. Sorry, you lost. You should remember you lost. There's reasons why you lost. 
live with it. And I think right. that's part of my issue is like, no, yeah, don't let loser. them tear down what they did. They need to be reminded. So what do you think? Well, again, it's fundamental to dumb down the young yeah. because you're not going to take those of us who were educated or taking the time to educate ourselves uh, because you're not going to fool us with the lies. But if you basically have not been taught science at all, you don't know mathematics, you don't know what uh, nonlinear math is about, or you don't know how difficult it is to set, to solve nonlinear differential equations, you can't understand climate science. So therefore, you can be taught that a meaningless molecule, it, it largely in the atmosphere, carbon dioxide, which we exhale. Right. And of course, it's important that we exhale it because essentially the this hard left calls us the Anthropocene, and they fundamentally hate people. They don't need people. <laughs> they think they can be transhuman. They and their machines can do survive just fine if they control all the resources of the earth. And we'd be better off with instead of 8 billion people, 500 million people, which they've stated our goals. You know, you have Henry Kissinger, 1973, writing National Security Memorandum 200, saying depopulation is the national security policy of the United States has never been rescinded. And we act as if we weren't are trying to save the world. Well, the formulation that just came out of this COP28 climate summit in Dubai is a formula to kill billions of people right. if it were enacted. Well, but again, exactly. we're, we're not going to, we're right. not going to move away from hydrocarbon fuels. And by the way, they aren't fossil fuels. No fossil ever created a barrel of oil. <laughs> right. They're naturally I, I make that point all <laughs> the time, except for possibly Methuselah, but he did it <laughs> well, himself. And that's a different well, no, story. And then the other thing, Chris and, and Jerry, look, I'm sitting in, in, at a desk that is coated with petrochemicals. The, 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 the actual, uh, uh, whatever you want to use, the, the, the hydrocarbons which come out of the earth are all around me, all around sure. everything. And We're, we cannot, you know, you cannot, you cannot produce plastic. You cannot produce nylon out of solar energy. It's not possible. And one little correction, Jerry, I, I hope you don't mind. I, I, I know this is sometimes hard to understand, but, you know, uh, algebra was a fraud perpetrated on us by the ancient Egyptians. It's tortured High school students <laughs> endlessly throughout history. Just saying, I, I I think the Egyptians algebra. knew how to torture American Westerners. Well, algebra, algebra is, is that torture. So just, just saying, it, it's not that difficult, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved algebra. It's uh, not that and, hard. And, and Elizabeth, I got one for you too. You said uh, that uh, she tried advanced just, number theory. I mean, it, it's not that hard. Or try the mathematics of uh, relativity theory. I mean, these things are the problem. Is we uh, live in a world that is you know these principles are active you know god doesn't need to be able to have you know rational numbers in terms of being able to divide evenly in a number we can, we have irrational numbers inherent in our number system but now small differences in measurement make enormous differences in outcome oh, in these yeah. climate models oh, yeah. and so therefore the climate models are inherently not going to function except to produce what the designer of the model wanted it to produce. You can't understand that if you don't understand the mathematics. Yeah. We don't teach the mathematics. Then you can have an ideology, which is not much different than in the Middle Ages or medieval period when people were not educated and they could convince them that, you know, all women are difficult. So all women must be possessed by the devil. So we better burn them at the well, stake. I, I think that's true. That's I just think that's most. True. Yeah, most, <laughs> yeah, most. Okay, there we go. Just saying. Well, these but are no, bad, I, these are bad ideas. I mean, these are fundamentally well, 
These yeah. are fundamental. And, and the idea that they could become powerful enough in human beings in order to motivate, you know, the witch hunts that we went through is a clear indication that human beings to begin with are not that bright and not that good. We have a strong inclination to evil. We are a fallen species. And uh, if you look at the 10 commandments, they say, you know, first of all, you, you know, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, and don't try to sleep with your neighbor's spouse. Now, you really have to tell people this. I mean, this, this should be self-evident principles. Yeah. This, these are bad ideas. Yeah, but yet but it's, these not like the, it's not like they're set in stone. Wait a minute. They are set in stone. Okay. They are set in stone. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh. So, that's right. So, but to that point, so Jerry, they're trying to essentially move the world towards a return to feudal mercantilism, essentially. They're trying to they're trying to reestablish the fundamental equations of the Middle Ages where you had yeah. a small a king, a small oligarch who controlled everything, had all the money, had all the wealth, and the people were really not all that necessary. And they uh, were had nothing. And they tax them. Yep. So, you know, therefore, if you think you and your machines, you know, Bill Gates can buy all the farmland and say, we will eat bugs and he will fly around in his jet. You know, the 90,000 people attended this Dubai conference. They had a whole fleet of private jets flying in there to save the planet. They're not going to stop flying their private jets. Their idea of stopping using hydrocarbon fuels is for us to stop using them because they know we will reduce our standard of living and ultimately it will kill people. So you architect, you begin architecting um, viruses that kill people, then you architect vaccines that kill people, and you learn the techniques of social control where you can tell people you're going to have to be locked up and learn how to have everybody be obedient. And now they've got the technology where they can put you in 15-minute cities, supervise you know, how much energy you have in your house. You've got too much energy, they turn it off. Have you carry a cell phone around? Maybe they'll wire a cell phone into your body so they can monitor everywhere you go and all your biometrics. And these technologies are frightening in the hands of people who have no value in human life and do not believe so, in God. So, Jerry, on that point, I, I think I have to ask you a question regarding the whole COP28. Was Pizza Poppers responsible for John uh, Kerry's flatulence? <laughs> I don't. Curious. I, I, I just, it's a good I bet. Just, I would say it's how many onions? On that I'm betting note. on that. On that, on that note, guys, it is time for Tony's takes, and that's uh, powered <laughs> by Sig Sauer. Never settle, and uh, Never don't settle. settle for bad questions either. So let's go with it. We have a few minutes left. Erasmussen Heartland Institute study and poll reveals 20% of 2020 mail-in voters surveyed admit they cheated, committed voter fraud, if you will. We all know that the that was the intent of the Pelosi-led House when uh, they enacted these new COVID laws at the time. An admission made in Time magazine shortly after, by the way. To all who questioned us, we give them a hearty, you're welcome. But Tony, everybody, what's your take? So I believe that uh, we should go to female ballots instead of male ballots. Uh, <laughs> then Hillary would have gotten elected. Well, maybe. But I, I think female ballots is the answer. Or, or Jill Stein. There we go. There you go. Well, Jill would have a lot to say about it. Uh, no, no trans ballots either. Just saying. That, I that's okay. Should... I know. I know. Elizabeth was saying earlier that uh, her, her uh, that her relatives were saying, "Well, women and girls. You know, the, the Democrats are for the women. They always yeah. come for the women and girls." Well, yeah, but that's Epstein Island. That's a different story. Okay. <laughs> that's that's no no male. 
and balance. Just there you, you know. go. Well, Lyndon has been to that island many, many, many times. Oh, all right. I especially oh. like the blue dress picture, though, that uh, yep, Uncle Clinton right. that ah. Epstein had in his living room with the blue you dress high heels. Oh, my God. I feel your pain. I do. I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, all right. Are you going to eat those fries? Can I? Eat yeah. those fries? <laughs> no. All right. Question number two. Ready? Uh, okay. All right, Tony. You saw yes. the recent you saw that recent blood the bloodbath in Washington a short while back as Elise Stefanik nailed oh, land based yes. at the presidents of Harvard, UPenn, and MIT over right. basically what they were doing. They were allowing calls of genocide while limiting other people's speech. Anybody to the right of Stalin, if you Marxism, will. like Jerry's talking about. Absolutely. That's right. yes. Well, while many people were saying, well, these people just they, they should be gone, they should be fired. My question to you is, Tony, and what's your take mm. on this? How in the heck did Steve Urkel get the job as president of Harvard? Well, his his uh, his braces say everything. He was already on the path of transition. Wow. He just went all the way. You know, as they say in Apocalypse Now, never get off the boat unless you're going to go all the way. Steve Urkel went all the way, and he's now at Harvard. So God bless him. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, is, my God. He is, he is immensely qualified, by the way. I've been, I'm sorry he became a Marxist, you know, but it is what it is. But, you know, I, I got to say in, in defense of Claudine Gay that her plagiarizing her doctoral thesis at least proves she read a book. There we go. Well, that's that's pretty nice. She read a book, just the long book. <laughs> well, she read at least the books of people she plagiarized. It, it would have been a lot funnier with if every question, instead of that written response she had when uh, Stefanik asked her, she, she should have just looked up at uh, Stefanik and said, did I do that? Now that would have been really funny. Yeah. <laughs> All what right. she should have done, Chris. Now what she should have done is like whenever she got a question, she should have said, "Hold on a second. She have, what? 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 Well, Satan doing says Chris Satan says I should say X. You know, let, <laughs> let, let, let her let Satan talk talk to her over. And by the way, do we know for sure that her pronoun is she? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, that's I, a good question. question. I didn't even check, and I don't think Congress cared. I don't think. Or, uh, or yeah. is her pronoun G? <laughs> oh, very good. There we go. Profoundness. <laughs> there you go. I may have like I have like maybe a minute and a half left, so let's have fun with one more question. All right. The leftist okay. drag known as the Guardian is worried. They even published a fear-mongering op-ed titled "Will the Hard Right Really Sweep Europe in 2024?" Is this let's hope so or probably will? Tony, what's your take? So I think sweeping involves a lot of cleaning house. And uh, the amount of, of bleach that's going to be required, we start to have to start producing now. So the answer is, sure, why not? And we should take just train cars of bleach and just kind of let it run all over the place. You know, <laughs> clean out that that uh, that Marxist stench. Marxist has a stench. They, they smell a bit like uh, uh, toe jam and uh, Munster cheese. And, and I think uh, we should we should go after them uh, wholeheartedly just to remove that stench. I think they have that smell that when your cat drags in a dead mouse when you let them in at night, but you don't realize, like, dang it, there's another dead mouse in my house. That's the smell. Yeah. Well, the, uh, other, the other point is, what took them so long? That's yeah. why they were all that patchouli. Patchouli. Well, I was it, smoking patchouli on the show yesterday, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. We, you know, we this whole idea uh, of letting Ukraine and Finland into NATO is one of the worst ideas, unless, of course, you want World War Three. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's a good point. No, we should talk about that again, Jerry. So I think we should go back the next uh, show. Chris, let's line it up for the new year. Let's yep. talk about the military. Because we know uh, at this point, the time we're, we're, we're taping the show, this will be something of an evergreen. Ukraine's gotten beaten by the Russians. And so mm -hmm. 
there's no path forward for Ukraine. And I think by the time we get back together, Jerry, we should talk about who's joining NATO, why they're joining, what the direction of things is, because it's all uh, it's not going to benefit the United States and our alliance is one iota the way they're doing it. So I think that'd be a great next show. What do you what do you think? I'm all in. Let's do it. Great. All right, great. So, Chris, is that it? Is that all my takes I have time for? That's all the takes, unfortunately. Oh. Well, that's true. So, well, anyway, it's been another uh, action-packed episode of uh, The Hard Truth. Uh, it's been a great uh, show. D- Dr. Corsi, Jerry, g- thank you for joining us. God bless you. Thank uh, you. I hope you have my a great pleasure. Christmas. Thank, thank you very much. Equal. And, and everything that comes up to that. And then, Elizabeth, uh, always great having you aboard. And I hope mm-hmm. you don't have any dead rats or my, mice in your house. Yes, so we have just, to be careful when we let the cats in. That's right. And Chris, we need to explore more about how we can turn uh, your name into a lyric of a Beastie Boy song in one of, one of your shows. I think. <laughs> we can rap. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll record a rap song. That's right. <laughs> right. So, well, anyway, be back. we'll see you soon again on The Hard Truth. Uh, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.